Welcome, everyone, to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are happy to be here, and we're happy to have you with us. And, y'all, this is an exciting day, exciting time for Beer Guys Radio. This is our 400th episode. Do we have an applause sound effect? I don't know that we do here, so here we go. Oh, yeah, that, that'll work. That's the that best that I can do right now, so we'll go with that one. But, yeah, 400 episodes. Just over our eighth year mark, so we haven't missed too many in eight years, and uh, number 400, man, so it's yeah. exciting. Now, this was going to be our episode with Truck and Tap, um, hot beers for cold weather, but Mother Nature said that this past weekend was going to be just horrendously stormy, ended up not being that stormy, but we rescheduled that, so yeah. we're going to go out there on site with them on February 17th, if you're in the Atlanta area, come hang out with us, have some Hot beers, some uh, Glue Creek. We're going to have a malt barley yeah. wine. We're going to have our beer caramelizers out there, hot poking beers and stuff. It's going to be a good time. And then for our podcast listeners that aren't in the area, that show will actually come out the next weekend. We'll release that. But going to be a good time. Looking forward to hanging out with those guys. And you know what? As always, thanks to them. They have supported the show since before day one launch. So yes, they've been with yeah. us here through all 400 episodes. We really appreciate their support. It has been a great time. But again, Beer Guys Radio, I am Tim Dennis with Brian Hewitt, my co-host. How you doing? Hey, Tim. Doing well. Doing well. How's it and going? Produce, I'm good, man. I'm really good. And producer extraordinaire, Mo Mike Nate. How's it going? Going very well. Glad to be here. Good, man. Good. So we're going we're gonna to get right into it. Brian, you always do us the service of scouring the internet for the stupidest news possible. You, you keep an eye out <laughs> yes. for it. You look for the quality news for good information that, but... Some entertaining or just ridiculous news. And man, you got us a good one this week, right? Yeah, I got I got us a case of uh, this really should have been a beer because I would have been more into it. But uh, uh, Truly uh, is coming out with a hot wing sauce hard seltzer that they're dropping just in time for a Super Bowl weekend. In fact, by the time you hear this, it's it should already be out there if it's going to be in your market. Now, it's going to be available in just select markets. It's a 5% uh, hard, hard seltzer if, if uh, you're into hard seltzers. And uh, four four packs of sixteen ounce cans. That's about all I know. Other, you know, that it's coming out and it's it's kind of ridiculous. And man, if it were a beer, I would definitely be on the lookout for it. As a hard seltzer, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I just I, I, it's hard for me to cross that line. I'm the same way, and I think it says a lot about us as humans that that <laughs> makes a difference. The fact that it is a a seltzer with hot sauce instead of a beer with hot sauce. We're like hot sauce seltzer, no. No, no, I don't think mustard so. beer. Yes, mustard Hot beer. Sauce, well, yeah, no chili beer, cheese beer. Yes. Yes, yes, we're good with that. You <laughs> know, we, with all this, no. right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's just ridiculous. No. Who's going to drink that, man? I love how they announced it's going to be out just in time for Super Bowl weekend. Like they're like, oh boy, I'm glad we made that. And so, but uh, if it was around, I would try it. You know, I would see what was up. I mean, I assume it's a seltzer that tastes like wing sauce. That, now that, that I've my assumption. Now that I've talked about it, I, I might I might have to get it just because I still have that last can of modest uh, <laughs> nacho cheese, the hormone chili yeah. cheese, right? Yeah, the chili cheese beer. I still have one of those that's uh, been gathering dust, and I'm sure is tasting. I'm sure it's aged wonderfully now. Yes, vintage. And so it would be cool to drink them side by side for the big game. So I may have to do that. 
You should donate that to one of our like premium beer bars here and and be like, y'all, please put this on your seller list. I really want someone to be I want someone to be scanning through here and then uh, and then see Modus Brewing or Mel Chili Cheese Beer. Twenty five dollars. Uh, yeah, you know what? I want it to be one like the char- charitable uh, CBS bottle that we bought yeah. the one time, one hundred twenty bucks. Right. It goes to it goes to charity, so I want some. Yeah, to spend like a hundred bucks on it that goes to charity to drink. Yeah. Possibly the worst. That's beer ever. we <laughs> fell for it. One hundred and fifty dollars for a bomber of CBS, and yeah. we're like, okay, okay, let's do it. Hundred dollars of that went to charity, so you know you can't argue with that. I didn't feel and bad we got about a good it. beer. It was a good beer. In, in this case, in this case, it goes oh, yeah. to charity, but it'd be like paying that much for a shot of Malort. You're a just Malort. not going to enjoy yourself. Malort. Yeah. Ooh, barely. I got barely a shot of Malort. Yeah. Thanks to Nate's recent travel adventures, I have a bottle of barrel-aged Malort, which mm-hmm. is just as horrendous as you think it would be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Horrendous, but also it, from a barrel. Right. I called it barrel-aged awful. Yeah, yeah, got my Venmo request to pay him. It's like for barrel aged awful. I was like, yeah, no, I know exactly what this is. I've got this one. So I don't know why I enjoyed it. What's wrong with us? I guess that's the question I ask because we see stuff like chili cheese beer and that. And you know, there's beer purists out there that just think we're horrid for this. Oh, yeah. I, I don't care. I think it's fun to try it. You know, I enjoy a good beer, but uh, I can definitely try a chili cheese beer to see see what it's about. If I can annoy somebody by drinking something ridiculous, I yeah. kind of feel, in, you know, yeah, motivated to continue doing that. So that's just part of my person. You know, my character is like, oh, this annoys you. I'm going to do some more of it. <laughs> like Mr. Four Letter Word on Twitter. He really got bothered oh, yeah. by, by our outraged. Mean, yeah. Like <laughs> it, it bothered him like down to his soul that we were drinking stuff like that. So. <laughs> good times man good times well on the note of beer everything's expensive now a, a dozen eggs i think it's 75 dollars now for like a dozen eggs it's just all ridiculous out there milk you got to get a mortgage on a gallon of milk these days and, and beer is no exception brian prices are going up in beer what's that looking like for us yeah so i've got some new beer stats this week that the average uh case price of craft beer is up 3.6 percent or was up 3.6 percent in 2023 the average price at all outlets, so any place you get a uh, a case of beer, it's forty two dollars and forty one cents on average. That is a dollar forty nine more than it was in twenty two twenty twenty two, but four dollars and thirty five cents more than it was in twenty twenty. So, just something that's interesting to me. I was scanning down through a, a large article with a lot of text and a lot of numbers, and some of it interesting, some of it not. I didn't realize that there were so many tiers in craft beer right now. So there's a craft tier, which is under uh, $39.99. There is a premium craft, which I've heard about, which is $40 to $49.99. There is a super premium craft, which I also have heard about and thought it was a little silly. That's $50 to $59.99 per, uh, for, per case. And then there's Apex craft, which is anything $60 and above. So that's that's pretty wild. Um, I also have some... Uh, the There's four beer styles that... Uh, or categories, they, they say styles, but they're really kind of a conglomeration of several different styles, but grew in dollar sales in 2023. The Imperial Double or Triple IPA, which is kind of two different things mixed into one thing, grew by 10.1% that uh, last year. Hazy IPA is up 1%. Blonde Ale and Golden Ale is up 5.7%. So there's a lot of interest in that style, which 
uh, surprises that me surprises me yeah yeah and then uh hazy imperial double and triple ipa which i guess is separate from the other one uh is up 101.8 percent so wow. the hazy imperial double triple ipa is up considerably but even the non-hazy ones that are out there are up uh, a, a good amount so yeah I, I didn't realize that hazy was still driving things like that but i i think that uh I think that uh, Voodoo Ranger has a lot to do with with these numbers and uh, yeah, the, no, them driving right. things with their stovepipes yeah. out of convenience stores. So I, I, that. What I was going to ask. Yeah, I'm surprised at the Blondell one. I didn't realize, you know, that people. I didn't realize people were drinking those, especially not that that it was on an upswing there. So I wonder if the blonde and golden is because that style tends to be a little boozier. Because in general, Could I saw be, an indication yeah. that higher booze concentration and much lower booze concentration was big in 2023. Everything middle of the road was losing, was either staying put or losing, uh, you know, sales basically. So people want really boozy okay. or they want like super clean, super, you know, healthy clean stuff. So, All yeah. right. All right. Interesting, man. Like I said, everything's expensive. I w- I'm with you when I was reading through that and I saw the tears. Now they called that one apex craft, which would seem to indicate they're trying to put a cap on, there not being another tier above that. Yeah, Super Apex, you know, what's what's next? I don't know. I mean, if we if we hit that level of premiums premiumization, I, I think that everything I is pushing so. for the next level. You know, there's the extra and super. They just keep adding new terms onto things. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Super premium, super premium, extra super premium, unleaded. You know, all these different categories. I'm surprised there's not a platinum in there somewhere because usually platinum mm-hmm. figures in as one of the tiers, you know. Maybe at the top, maybe There's it'll be room, platinum man. apex, apex platinum I mean, craft. <laughs> what if we had omega craft? Like just this the alpha and the omega. <laughs> Uber I craft. feel that I feel that that range is a little tight for craft beer because I I, I feel like there's a lot of crossover there, uh, especially with price. I feel like there's a lot of beers that would be on a similar playing field that would be in the market as far as the consumer's concerned would be very similar quality beers, but price-wise may fall into different tiers of this system there. So, and I guess maybe the point of this is just for tracking the sales, not so much yeah. the, the individual beers, but uh, yeah. Well, and some I of the ones that would cross over there. Some of the ones that would be at the top end, I'm not even sure that you ever see them in cases typically. Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess maybe... I don't know how much of this reflects what you would actually see in a store or not, or if this is just like if we may, if we put all these you know bottles into a case, you know these these big barrel aged beers into a case, would that how much would that That's be? Well, three hundred dollars, yeah, three hundred dollars, yeah. Well, yeah. Brian, something we've watched quite a bit is the Anchor Brewing Saga, and uh, I know bids were in on that, so it's it's rumored or speculated that we may see uh, some closure there soon, right? Yeah, uh, a couple, a bunch of articles suddenly sprang up all over the place. Like we were, a, a couple of them said, we'll see a verdict by the end of January. Well, here we are at the end of January. And I checked right before the show started to see right. if there's any late breaking anything. And as of this moment, there is no deci- decision, but uh, there are multiple bids for Anchor's assets that are currently under review. That much we know. And uh, there are definitely, uh, it's been confirmed that there are people, there are names that we would recognize amongst the bidders. Uh, there's no guarantee that the property and the actual building property, the physical property and the intellectual property will be so, sold to the same bidder. 
And uh, I did check just before we got on the show and started recording that Anchor Union said that they are still waiting on some key events to understand where the, exactly they stand in negotiations. After the uh, the bid results have been publicized, they will be determining the viability of each of these options. So they're not out of the running, but they okay. sound like they don't know where they actually are in the running. So, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound we'll positive, see, but I hope that they I hope that they uh, have good luck with that. You know, I don't have any idea how this is going to work out. It's very weird. Yeah, we'll just keep it on. I, I thought from the beginning, it seemed tough to think that a union would get the money ne- together necessary for a purchase like that. But who knows? I don't know the resources they had necessarily. So uh, but it, it did seem like a long shot to me them pulling that one off. If they have the right people that are interested in it, that are willing to guide them, because again, this the union is these are people that worked in the brewery, so they they aren't finance people, but for right. the most part, I mean, there could yeah. be some of the finance people involved in it, but I doubt it. So yeah, they they are definitely starting off at a disadvantage, and I think Sapporo did a, a really good job of making it very difficult for them to have sounds any shot like at it. it whatsoever. So yeah, uh, yeah definitely sounds like it. Not a bad, not a good situation for them. Nope. Crazy stuff, man. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one. Hopefully, hopefully good things will come out of that. Yeah. Well, guys, we are uh, in as when this airs, when this podcast releases, we'll be done with dry January. So yes. as we record it, we're on the last day of, of dry January right now. So right. Um, brewers dug into it this year more than they have yeah. in years past. And I think uh, I think that it's just a tougher time. And they were probably like, look, I'm. I can't handle this. I can't handle everybody encouraging people to go dry. And, you know, we kind of spun our stance a little bit because in in years past, we've encouraged, you know, dry January and offered options for that. And I mean, I think it's good to to give a break, especially if you're someone that indulges heavily, you know, yes. take a little breather, make sure you you don't have a problem there. Can you make it through dry January? You know, give it a shot and see what you can do there. But the problem with that is breweries are already hurting. January is already a tough month. And then you encourage people to go dry. And so some brewers spoke out, made fun of it. And, uh, you know, some became directly to the point and just said, you know, this is our buy our F and beer in January stout, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So what are y'all's thoughts on that with the brewers, with their actions towards dry January? Nate, what do you, what do you think about all of that? So I understand how, this month is really tough. You know, we're coming right off of the holiday season. And for a lot of everywhere in the industry, it seems like sales kind of tank a little bit. And so I totally understand the frustration behind brewers and marketing people to make light of people's motivations to participate in dry January. Really like the idea of pub January or damn January, you know, um, going out supporting your local restaurants. There's a brewery here in Atlanta, elsewhere brewing that they put out a post about it early in the January saying we acknowledge that people do this, but for those of you that don't, it would really help out. It doesn't have to be us, but it would really help all of us out if you were to come out and support your local brewery. I think that's a better play of doing it. Acknowledge that it's a thing that some people are going to do it, but then just be honest and say, look, it's hard for everybody. You know, you want to keep drinking our good beer and keep, you know, coming out to your neighborhood tap room, show your support. Come on out and do it. Yeah. Brian, how about you? Yeah. I always cringe a little bit when I see somebody kind of making jokes or kind of belittling people for doing something that's, that's, that's healthy. So I think that's kind of a bad way of going about it. But the more honest approach that you, you guys have been talking about is like, Hey, you know, things are tough, 
why don't you come out and hang out and we'll make you a mocktail. You can have some, you know, a burger and fries or whatever. Well, you know, you can still hang out. And if you're not, if you're not participating, definitely come out and uh, support us. So I get that. And every week we have breweries closing. So it's it's not just it doesn't sound like BS anymore. It sounds like, yeah, there's a real thing here. Like, uh, yes, be healthy. But also, if you know, support your local place, if you want to be able to continue to go there after dry January, find a way to support them during dry January. So, yeah, right. I yeah, yeah, the the joking part, the belittling part, I've I've always thought was a bad move. But I get it with some breweries. It's kind of their weird shtick and it's kind of how what you expect from them. And some of them may not intend it to come off as super condescending, but it's just yeah, bad, bad call. Just so, doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe brewers could could um Maybe it could be kind of a meet in the middle thing. For for one thing, we're seeing a lot more brewers opening up and offering non you know NA options there. So you know perhaps that they perhaps they could look at that and have some NA options or do some other things through January. You know to get the people out. the The thing is, and I'm I know they want people to come out and support them just you know because. But we know in every business you got to do things to attract people to come in there. And so maybe as they know, dry January is coming up, they can do some events or, or different things that would encourage to come people to come out. Maybe even if they weren't drinking, you know, still give them a good reason to come out there and have a good time. Yeah. Make some, what do they call those? Agua frescas. I think I've seen some brewers do those before, you know, something like that along the, the lines of mocktails. Have a mocktail pop-up even, you know, and have someone come in and do that. It just occurred to me a lot of breweries and I it, it really didn't settle, sink into me what was going on. I saw a lot of breweries and social media is talking about hop water a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's did. Sure that's did. a smart one. I was thinking, why didn't more breweries talk about like some sort of a mocktail or, you know, just selling an sell athletic beer, you know, if you can right. from, from your yeah. tap room. And I just realized like, yeah, a lot of them are doing, doing something, doing a hop water, basically at any hop water. So now you have a pretty good chance of going into a brewery and finding a hop water. If you need something non-alcoholic, and you can still get your uh, your hop fix. So that that's a that's Good a call. smart move. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Yeah, and I think those are extremely popular right now. Yeah. yeah, they do seem to be having a minute. I know we've talked about it before, Brian. But what was your thoughts on hop art? Are you are you pro or or anti? I'm generally, I think I'm generally positive towards it. I'm not. I've not been really wild by most of them. I had one hop water I liked. I had a couple I didn't care much for. I think it's all right. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to poo poo it too much. It's, I, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just whatever. I'm on the you're, fence so your with opinion it. Is would, whatever. Okay. Ex- yeah. Kind of, kind of whatever. Gotcha. Uh, I don't hate them. I like the concept behind them, but they're not really my chosen beverage. So yeah. yeah. Did well, you have it? Yeah. It's th- something that like, if they're around, I'll try them. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think this brand may have went out of business or maybe they merged with Hoplark. That we had, oh, and they yeah. did teas, teas and waters. Um, yep. I mean, I've tried some of them that I thought were pretty tasty, but it just wasn't, just not my thing. You know, if I'm reaching for a non-alcoholic beverage, it wasn't going to be a hop water. Was kind of was know, it my thing? Brooklyn Brewing that that funded or partnered with, or maybe Something. bought a piece of Hoplark. I think that's what's yeah. And I did like one of theirs. I think they had a mosaic uh-huh. one that I actually was enjoying. I enjoyed. I think part of the problem is, is I got burned. I saw hop water in a convenience store locally. I, I got it and it was, 
it's the same problem you have with IPAs. Even though it had been cooler, it was th- it was like really old. He's like, no, this is not good. And there's there's no effort on the part of people, at least at that shop. There's no effort to to rotate the product, keep it fresh if it's not selling it. Which yeah, is kind of it gotcha. sits there until it sells. And uh, silly me, I I bought one that was really old and that kind of burned me a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's understandable. I, I th- yeah, I think that that is kind of souring my my view on it. But I did, yes, I did like that. That uh, I believe it was a mosaic hop lark. I thought that was quite nice. All right, Nate, you a hop water guy? So I I really dug it. I I went into our website and looked it up. It's episode two seventy three from back in May of twenty twenty one when we had a hop lark on the show, and they did have uh, hop tea and hop water. I like the hop yeah. water better, and I've actually bought it a few times when I see it in stores. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of grocery stores, local uh, Publix is one of the chains that carries them. And I still enjoy it. It's a really nice, if you want mm. to have some of the grassy flavors, hops can bring and a seltzer water. No, I liked it. Go for it. Cool. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good, man. Well, y'all let's talk about our beers of the week here. So, uh, Brian, you had a little from a local brewery, three taverns, a beer called Decatur 200. That was an anniversary for the city of Decatur. There was some connection there. What's the scoop on that one, Brian? Yeah, I think that's that's it. The the city of Decatur asked uh, Brian Purcell at Three uh-huh. Taverns to to make them a beer, and it's a it made them a cold pale ale. So it's a it's an IPL. <laughs> Decatur's not two hundred years old, are they? I don't think we got a lot in the states. That, no, I you maybe? know what I don't I don't remember what the date was. It, what the two hundred for? Okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? I should have looked into that. I think that he mentioned yeah. what it was for, and I don't remember at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a all good right. beer, though. It was a that was my pregame. Yeah. So it was a tasty beer. They do. They do good stuff. They do good work over there. And then a little uh, a little hybrid collaboration here. Dogfish Rodenbach Crimson Crew, which is a red L, which is a blend of Rodenbach's Grand Crew and, quote, an off centered red L infused with sumac. In sweet orange pill. I've seen sumac used a lot more in recipes and stuff lately. Not anything I've ever used. I'm not even sure exactly what the flavor of sumac is, but it's been trendy lately. I'm going to have to check it out. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what it's meant to taste like either, but right. this is good. Nagel, I definitely- would you Google up the taste of what, su- what the flavors from sumac are? We'll come back to that. Nate is drinking from Bearded Iris, a pep- peptile lager. And then our featured beer that we all have a can of today. And we'll throw this out there. Full disclosure, Nate works for uh, Scofflaw Bearded Iris for the company there. And uh, they did give us these beers. They're like, here you go, guys. Try some of our new stuff. See what you think. But we have all got their Juice Quest Hazy IPA. And I think, Brian, have you got into it yet? Or are you still working on your dogfish head over there? I'm still working on that. And I do get, I definitely get a, a bunch of the Rodenbach in there. But it's, uh, again, blended. Okay. So that's that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, Nate, I'm not going to ask you what you think of your Juice Quest because you're biased. So I don't I don't want to hear you can't you would if you didn't like it and you were honest, it could jeopardize your employment. So we won't put you right. in that position. But I'll just note. So this one, ever since day one, I've been pretty vocal that I don't like bitterness in IPAs. I, I but but that's not it's a 95 percent kind of statement. Because if there's some bitterness in there, but it, but it's balanced, I'm I'm pretty good with it. You know, if there's some malt and other flavors there, the hardcore West Coast IPAs are not my thing. That level of bitterness, like back when we had those IBU wars, and it was 150, 200. They had one that claimed to be a thousand IBUs. Absolutely not my thing at all. 
So this one, there's some bitterness there. You notice there's some bitterness. Then there is uh, a citrusy. Uh, you know, I would say maybe uh, maybe lemon grapefruit, maybe a little bit of orange hint in there. I get uh, what I would think is mango. Comes to me as kind of mango. And then a grassiness, kind of a green grassiness. Balanced bitterness in there. And this finish is really clean. So I dig it. I I enjoy this as as a non-IPA person. This is an IPA that I enjoy. So very that's cool my take on it. Nate, I will hold on. Brian, you got something for us there, sir? I do have something. I went and looked up the Decatur 200, and it turns out okay. it was commissioned by the city of Decatur to commemorate the city's bicentennial celebration in December yep. of 2023. So, so it there is it was a bicentennial. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, okay. I assume that was the case, and then All I'm right. like, maybe it's not. I don't know, but it is. All right. It's, gotcha. it's 200 gotcha. years old. Good yes. stuff. Look at that, man. DJ Jelly in here. Good to see you, man. Oh, Good yeah, to see you. Thanks for stopping by. A little hot sauce sensei action up in here. Another thing, I've got probably a dozen different kinds of hot sauce, depending on the uh, the experience, depending on what I'm eating there. So, that's, What's your favorite one right now? Hot sauce? Yeah. I am digging. You know what? I got to be honest, man. I hit... All right. All right, Brian. All right. You, you're calling me out here. I will tell you the one that I go to to the most. And I would say it's my favorite in terms of across the board. Uh, Tabasco green. I, I use that Ooh. one a lot. But there's a few others I could throw in the mix there that I would say I like sriracha. I use it in a lot of things. I like good old Frank's, man. Um, I really like Nando's garlic peri peri on chicken. And I use it a lot there. So that's, uh, you know what? That's probably my regular rotation. I've got a Sriracha. I've got a Tabasco Green. I've got a Frank's. And I've got some Peri Peri. And that's probably my my normal, typical rotation there. So by pure volume, I probably use more of the Frank's Dill Pickle Hot Sauce than anything else. Oh, I use it on, on a that lot one. of okay. stuff. I All love right. that. It, green you put that stuff on everything, right? I do, I do. Yeah. I, I've put that on, uh, yeah, just just about everything. Okay. I even, I'll even put that on eggs, and that seems weird, but I, I don't care. It does. I, I You're like weird. it. But yeah. uh, before that, uh, green Tabasco is it has for a long time been a favorite, but right now it's that dill pickle. Uh, Frank's is just killing it for me. So I just everything, yeah. just everything. I just like pickles right. and I like hot sauce. So just like that. See, that's all I need. I enjoyed that one, Brian, but I have to say for me, that particular fa- flavor is limited in its application. Obviously not for you, but uh, no, uh, for everywhere. me it is. So <laughs> do you put it on your 10 fish, Brian? You put it on I, your sardines? Oh, yes, all Definitely. the time. Okay. And, and okay. the worse, so here's the thing, and the worse they are, like the, the least I like them, the more I like the them. The more you them. use? Fair. It, the more yeah. I like them, the less I use of it because it's such a strong but enjoyable hot sauce. So I'm like... I'll okay. back it off and use something milder or nothing at all if if the fish is really really nice. So, yeah, yeah it's that's a decision deal. there. But oh my god, it covers okay. bad things and it covers good things too. All right, now that's a limited edition, man. So you better stock up because that one may just disappear on you. I've got at least one or two more bottles. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Stephen, Pete, thanks for joining us, man. Good to see you. Cheers to Kettle Rock Brewing, guys. Sad news. Kettle Rock Brewing is another victim of the craft beer downslide or whatever. They will be closing very soon. Uh, This coming weekend, I think, as this podcast launches. So if you're watching this live broadcast right now, go visit them if you're in the area. Go out if you're able. 
and have the time. Go see the guys at Kettle Rock. Very good people there. Some tasty beers. Gorgeous, comfortable tap room. So, Stephen, we're very sorry to see Kettle Rock go. Yeah. We've seen a lot of folks that have been hit. So, uh, you know, thank you for your support of us and uh, for always being awesome. Anytime we did visit, it's uh, it's good. So, Tyler, greetings from Texas. Good to see you, man. Thanks yeah. for dropping in there. So, and to a question, DJ Jelly asked us, uh, Kettle Rock Brewing, where? They're in Peachtree Corners. So, mm-hmm. Peachtree Corners, Georgia. If you're hungry and you go over there, uh, I forget the name of the place, but there's a hot dog and Italian beef joint right there. Bob, yeah, that's, that's a good place. Up, so I can't think uh, of the name either. Yeah, go check them out. Go check them out. Sierra Nevada Narwhal there for Tyler enjoying. That's the mm, one I haven't had in nice. a while, but that's a tasty beer. So I definitely enjoy yeah, that. That's one. a good one. And Nate, I'm gonna rewind just a little bit, and I will say that Dog Days is the name dog of the hot dog the joint the there by Kettle Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get so, there. yeah. That's Nate, even though you work there, I'm going to let you give your opinion. What do you think of y'all's Juice Quest? So I'm getting a lot of feedback from the market and a lot of people who are not IPA drinkers like yourself say that this is an IPA they can enjoy. And a lot of beer drinkers even saying they don't like beer and this is something they can enjoy. This one to me is really light and approachable. I, it's only 6%. So it's something that I can see myself enjoying even on a hot day, middle of summer, want to crush a couple of these. It's nice and crisp and balanced it finishes really dry it doesn't have that overbearing bite that some ipas can have um this is just something that i am understandably a little biased a little bias there yeah we'll we'll, yep we'll put that up front that there's a little bias there so you know what you're getting right now yeah and while i do have the microphone i did look up what sumac tastes like okay yes man we've got so many topics going on right now (laughs) so uh they said that uh the flavor this according to eater.com the flavor of sumac can be likened to the tang of fresh squeezed lemon juice it's tart and sharp but also contains a hint of sweetness along with lingering floral notes Okay. Okay. I know I've seen a lot of recipes calling for sumac lately, and I've never cooked with it. Maybe I've had dishes with it in there, and I just don't don't realize it. But uh, interesting. Somebody so, said it's slightly smoky and quite earthy as well. Smoky, earthy, slightly sweet, and lemony citrus. Okay. So I can yeah. uh, because I'm drinking that uh, that was a crimson crew is what it is. It's a blend mm-hmm. with that in it. I can kind of get the the lemony quality to it. It also has sweet orange in it, so there's a citrus uh, quality. Floral seems about right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot in there that I'm not sure about. Earthy, I don't know. I, that's maybe going a little too far with it, but I could see where it might be contributing. I'm not 100% sure if I'm really tasting it or if I'm talking myself into tasting it. So Easy. Easy to yeah. be influenced by that kind of stuff. Yeah, very much. We all we want to take a quick moment here to shout out our show sponsors. They always appreciated it. We always appreciate them supporting the show. We don't have huge expenses, Brian. You know, it's it's not that, but we do have some. So it's really nice. Our Patreon supporters, our sponsors help us do stuff like hosting, paying for licensing fees for software and various things, for buying sound effects like, you know, the robot sounds that we have and that. So, you know, let me let me pull one up because I want people to know. When you give us money, it pays for things such as this. <laughs> mm. now, now, where money would well we spent. be without that? So thank <laughs> you so much for your support. And specifically, I want to talk about our friends at Terrapin Brewery Atlanta. We've loved that tap room since they opened up. We were out there in the early days, went out there, 
checked out the beers they're brewing. The guys there, you know what the big thing with them, Brian? They love beer. And there's there's occasionally negative talk for breweries that have been bought by big beer. And the thing is, is this is a local brewery out in our backyard with our friends working there and making beer and excited about making beer and using premium ingredients to make their beer and just having a good time and trying to put out good beers. And we're about that. You know, we're, we're all about yeah. that. So we support these guys. They support us. It's uh, what's a symbiotic, Brian. I think is yes. the word that they use there. But if you go to Terrapin Brewery Atlanta at Truist Park, they're always going to have something new on there. They rotate all different kinds of styles. They always have a pretty nice tap list there on with their partnership with Fox Brothers Barbecue. So you can also get something really nice to eat. And even though, you know, baseball season is over, there's still a lot to do at Truist Park. Go down there, have a meal, have some beers, have a good time. If you want a stout, they're going to have a stout on. You want an IPA? They're going to have one of those on. You know what? I know they used to have a golden ale on there, Brian, and apparently those are popular these days. So maybe yeah. they'll have a golden ale on for you there. They've some, had some goes too. a bunch of different kinds, dunkles. So Terrapin Brewery Atlanta, Terrapin Taproom, go check them out. Support them. Support local brewers. You know, maybe not technically a craft brewery by the BA's definition, but they are local people. They're good people making tasty beer. So thank you very much to Terrapin Brewery Atlanta. So if you missed it at the beginning of the show, maybe you're thinking right now, wait, wasn't I supposed to be listening to a show about hot drinks and cold weather from Truck and Tap in Duluth? I heard it was going to be the best show on hot drinks and cold weather at Truck and Tap in Duluth. Well, yes. And okay, we've got an explanation. We were about to stick hot pokers in our beers last weekend, but some nasty weather rolled in. And let's face it, nobody is you know coming out for hot drinks uh, an event for those while it's thunderstorming all over the place. Ain't nobody got time for that. So we rescheduled it for Saturdays, February 17th. Mark it on your calendar. You won't want to miss it. It's still going to be the best hot drinks and cold weather show ever recorded at Truck and Tap in Duluth. In the meantime, if you're hanging out by Truck and Tap in Duluth, looking for some beers to keep you warm, I have it on good authority that they're still pouring the boozy, spicy delight we know as my very own mole from Creature Comforts as well as some barrel-aged imperial styles from both Allagash and Stillfire. So head inside, grab a beer, and let them know that the beer guy sent you. And as always, thank you again, Truck and Tap, for your support. And we look forward to hot beers and cold, hot drinks and cold weather at Truck and Tap in Duluth on February 17th. It's going to be a good time, man. We are going to have yes. a good time. So from Tyler, we've got a note talking about big beer in there. And it's a hot topic. And Brian, my opinion and thoughts have changed a little bit over the years there. But uh, Tyler said, if you read the audacity of hops, if you want to learn the history of craft brewing in America and what the buttheads of big beer did to stop it. So there we go. Audacity of hops. I haven't read that. So I haven't either. Like, Should take a probably look put that on my on there. reading list. Yeah. Put it on the list. Do you read much, Brian? Are you a reader? Uh, well, I like having things read to me. I have an, uh, was an audible, audible? Account where I'll, yeah. I'll listen to stuff. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of times it's for road trips, but if I find a, a compelling book and it's just easier to fit it in, if I can, if I can put on a, a, the headphones to just listen to somebody read it, even though I could probably read it faster than have it read to me. But so yes and no, I don't, okay. pick, I haven't picked up an actual physical book and read it in quite a while. Though. A while. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm the same way. The big thing with me, like you said, I have to I have to speed it up a little bit because with some of them, the pace of them, it frustrates me. I'm like, I know I could read this faster. Than that. 
if I wasn't driving this car, right? Yeah, that's right. It would be a lot easier. Yeah. I'm about a 1.1, 1.2 speed yeah. on Audible, I think, is, is where I'm at. That's that's a comfortable speed. So even if I'm tired, I can usually keep up with what's being said. Regular speed, interestingly, is just, wow, it's it's super slow. <laughs> it is. In most things, you can get away with a, a little bit of speed up without degrading. Even on YouTube, yeah. if I go like, you can do 1, 1.25, 1.5. Generally, I can go to the 1.25 on most things, and I don't feel that it's degrading the quality. You go all up, you get crazy with one and a half. And it sounds like they're talking too fast and things are moving too quick. But, uh, you know, I can on a 10 minute video, Brian, that's saving me two and a half minutes of my life there. If yeah. I'm yeah. 1. It's, it's just efficient. It's there's just a lot of pauses you don't really need. And yeah. you get acclimated to that speed. So the, the pauses being shorter still in context still make the same impact. And right. You can adjust. I can adjust to one point five. I've done it. And initially, it sounds like chipmunks. And I don't know if something happens in your brain when you listen to it, but you kind of recalibrate and it starts to sound not normal, but understandable at a certain point. So, yeah, yeah. but I don't yeah. like it like that. I prefer like one, two, five, one, two, you know, one, two, five, one, two, one, two, three, right. four, somewhere in there. All the numbers. I yeah. got a shout out on our Instagram feed for my new glasses. So I just for those that can't see, I got some new glasses and these got blue blocking technology in them. So the those crazy blue wavelengths won't come through there. So space age. Yeah. And Billy chiming in, just saying, preach, support your local breweries, man. Get out and support your local breweries. Let them keep them. Keep them going, man. Keep them alive is the you, big thing. You know that if tin foil can keep the blue light out of your skull, oh, too, so you should look point. into. You should I should look. just put that over the glasses. Just <laughs> or yeah, that would be that. You will not have any blue light coming through those, and your eyes will be so rested and unstressed. It'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. Yeah. It's going to be great. Difficult to work, but very efficient wow, at yeah. keeping the blue light out there. So it's a small price to pay for health, though. Come on. You're right. You're right. That's I can just see me getting on a Teams meeting with video. They're like, dude, what what's on your eyes? I'm like, oh, I'm blocking the blue. Blocking that's the blue. Right. So, it's my yeah. hyper blockers. That's it. Yeah, they they work perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Back Flawless. to NA beer. We were talking about uh, you know, the dry January and the hype there and that. Well, if you did take part in dry January, there's a good chance that you chose, if you still wanted something similar to an alcoholic beverage, that you chose N.A. beer over N.A. spirits or wine. Probably, Brian, my, this is pure speculation, but it's because most N.A. spirits and wine suck is probably yeah. a big part of it. There, I, so. I suspect that's the case. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got I've got the article here where... Uh, the, the thing that we learned in dry January is non-alcoholic beer is king of all the non-alcoholic options. According to a Beer Institute survey, 58% of Americans participating in dry January chose low alcohol or no alcohol beer as their drink of choice. 55% of those surveys say that the quality of non-alcoholic beer has improved a lot over the past few years, which is probably why they went there. Beer yep. sales uh, made up 86% of all non-alcoholic beverage dollars spent in the U.S., the non-alcoholic beer, uh, non-alcoholic drink market uh, now exceeds half a billion dollars uh, a year, up to up 31% from last year. And Athletic Brewing, relevant, is now the 14th largest craft brewer in the U.S., which I believe we predicted as uh, in, in a previous episode that they would be in the top 15 at least. So they are 14th in terms of uh, the rankings. They grew, they grew quick, man. They really mm -hmm. grew good for them. You know what? Yeah. Good dudes over there. 
good dudes yeah. over there. So um, good beer. You know, I'm glad to see them doing doing well. That's awesome. Brian, again related, man. We've got so much here that we've talked about closures. Uh, you know what? We don't talk about openings much anymore. I can't remember the last time we really we really talked about that. But you know, uh, tying into what we said, Houston Buffalo Bio Brewing may be closing soon. Close now, temporarily. Yes. Um, you know what? Give us the full story there, Brian. Yeah. So apparently, the brewery defaulted on their lease with their landlord, and the landlord has terminated the lease and announced it publicly. Allegedly. Buffalo Bayou Brewing is deep in default to them, and uh, the employees all received their final paychecks on Friday of last week. According to a letter posted on Buffalo Bayou's social media, the situation is temporary. They are working to settle their financial commitment with their landlord and reopen in the same place. So apparently Buff Brew, as people call them typically, uh, has had some payment issues in the past. Uh, I noted that in the articles they talked about, they were sued in 2022 for non-payment of financial services amounting to 94K and allegedly defaulted on returns to investors they had on the next seed cloud funding platform in 2021. So I, I, I don't know what to make of all that. I don't know the brewery very well, but it's looking dicey. Good luck to them. It does seem worrisome that they would open up in the same spot if they're having trouble paying their lease. But you know what? Who knows? It, it may work out for them. They may have got it all figured out. So, but that's uh, that one is apparently uh, a, a pretty uh, one that hits home for a lot of folks that we know in yeah. Texas. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of our Texas buddies were were hit by that one. Um, yeah. You know, Brian, it, it's something that in pinball, if the ball goes down the center in between the flippers and it hits the bottom of the machine and it bounces back up back into play. Yes. They call that a Lazarus. Yes. So mm. I've started like a brewery reopening. I call I'm, I've been calling that a Lazarus move, you know, and it's very, very, very uncommon for a brewery to successfully pull off the Lazarus move. So uh, I think we talked about it. I think there was a couple more, a couple that that did it. And I forget the names of the breweries now, but we recently had pontoon here in Georgia but it was a special situation. They had strong sales, they had a big fan base, good sales, and due to a very unfortunate business deal with a distributor, uh, they were out like six figures, which just it just took their working capital from them. So theirs was a situation where they had uh, the foundation there to keep going forward. They just needed a chunk of change there. Yeah, you know. But if you don't already have that strong sales and, and the ability to grow and go like that, then just getting more money isn't going to do anything for you if you don't have a plan for it. And I was very critical of a brewery here in the local area that um, they had problems and they closed. They closed. And everything, following them on social media, they just consistently did not have the sales volume that they needed. They they did. They were not generating enough revenue to be a viable business a viable brewery that's just all there was to it and when they announced their closure a couple of their local fans said something about you know hey I, how can i help you know i'll pitch in there so they did a fundraiser like a kickstarter something along those lines i said right then don't give your money to this y'all this isn't gonna this isn't gonna save them i understand you know you being emotional and attached but unless they had a plan to pull a lazarus successfully Unless they had a plan on what they were going to do different, what they were going to change, where they were going to cut costs, where they were going to increase sales, 
and had a really viable plan, there's no point in throwing your money at something to do that. And, and Brian, from the day they reopened, it was three weeks before they closed again. So, you know, that's just the thing. It's it's like, it, look, it's tough out there, y'all. And I don't want to see any brewery have a tough time. But there have been two or three other breweries that have Atlanta Brewing Company closed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're going to reopen. We're going to reopen. We're going to reopen. Not happening. Not happening. Burnt Hickory Brewery, they closed and initially said they were going to reopen. And uh, then finally, Scott Hedin said, no, you know, it's just not going to happen. There's a couple others that did say, hey, don't say anything to anybody about us, but it's not going to happen. You know, it's just not mm-hmm. the market for that right now. So that's a long rambling. Uh, that was a, a little soapboxy moment there for me. What I'm saying, y'all, is if your local brewery closes, it's really, really, really sad that that happened. And I, I'm just sure that more breweries I love are going to get hit. But if they try a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or something like that, there better be a darn good plan to change things to move forward. Because if they're going to continue doing the exact same thing that got them where they are now, then throwing them an extra 10K is not going to change that. So COVID money didn't save them. So, you know, you're, you're, you're going to throw a hundred, 500, a thousand bucks at them and you may get you another three weeks of beer out of it. So. Yeah. Hoping for the, hoping for the hit beer that's, that rescues your sales and makes, gets you on the news and everything else is just like trying, you know, being part of your strategy is like playing the lottery every day. Sure, That's just, yeah, that that just isn't it. You need. I mean, the de- it wasn't the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting, expecting different, different results. results. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you got to change something if you've got a plan. To get that now you talk, but yeah, you, know, you can't you can't keep doing what you have been right. doing because it's not the same. It's not the same market it was in 2019 or 2017. Right. Like this is not the same place we were at. Unfor- it's unfortunate that it, and I really wish it was, but it it's just not. And so. brewers should fight all, fight tooth and nail to keep those doors yeah. open. You know what? Mm-hmm. Go out and get on social media and be like, look, y'all, we're struggling. It's tough. Yeah. We need you to come see us. Come see us. Come have a beer. Yeah. You know, come not drinking beer. Come have a glass of water and buy a burger from us yeah. or something, you know, uh, you know, do things like that. So, y'all, I hope the brewers fight for everything you can. But I just think it's it's a smooth to take money from loyal fans because they're passionately connected to you, knowing that you don't have a plan to turn things yeah. around. So yeah. you know. that's it. All right. Let me step so, off the soapbox so we can move along box. here. Yes. But Brian, in more beer drama, we've got <laughs> yeah. tax things happening up in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> nice pronunciation. Thanks. Oregon, there, Tim. Yeah. I know you did it just for me. I did. So yeah, the uh, the Oregon Health Authority has been accused of sitting on a 2021 study on the impact of a of proposed higher beer and wine taxes on excessive alcohol use. The uh, the study contradicts some of the legislators' claims that higher taxes would significantly help curb alcohol abuse in the state, and they are proposing those. What uh, the study found was instead that the increased taxes w- would result, if I can get that out and a small decrease in heavy alcohol use, reducing the estimated economic burden of heavy alcohol use by about 2% annually. And understandably, the Oregon Beverage Alliance, which includes brewers, winemakers, distillers, and everybody else, they're up in arms over the transparency. 
partly because I'm I'm guessing they're a little upset about the uh, proposed tax increases recently. There was a three thousand percent increase tax uh, from two point two dollars and sixty cents per barrel to seventy two dollars and sixty cents a barrel. That was proposed in twenty twenty one around the time of the study. And there was also a 1,200% tax increase to uh, $33.60 per barrel that was proposed last year. So they've been proposing these massive, massive tax increases. I guess Oregon has some of the lowest taxes on beer in in the U.S., and they're they're just shooting through the roof to being the most expensive. And they're sitting on a study that basically says their whole argument behind it is bunk. So, uh, yeah, a lot of drama. I saw that mentioned a fair amount. And it's rare for me to see Oregon in the news. As a former Oregonian, I keep an eye out for it. So I give yeah. a, a little shout out. Yeah, this sounds like junk. Don't let them get it passed. <laughs> that is something, man. Those those numbers, they, they love to throw out there. Um, you know, they love to throw out there. These things are going to these sin taxes, man. Sin taxes are popular to try and oh, yeah. they say it's for the children, for the health of the, of the economy and all that. Like the states that do lottery when all other gambling is illegal, but the state can run gambling. Oh, yeah. Well, we're funding we're funding pre-K programs with that. We're doing we're doing yeah. that. So it's cool. So we can do that. We can do that. There. So. <laughs> Brian Moore, closure news. These are some of the breweries that were purchased up by that big beer, like we were talking about. It's yeah. a, it's something, man. Uh, AB and InBev closing some of their breweries, and they've, they've sold out some of their portfolio lately. But these are a couple bigger names from their portfolio that are closed, right? Yeah, and the interesting thing is uh, when all these are getting bought, they always talk about how the, their their partnership with the big, the, you know, big beer is going to help keep them afloat, help them do this and do that. Well, uh, you know, the closures aren't, as you said, limited just to smaller craft breweries these days. AB InBev is closing Windward Brewing in Miami and Golden Road Brewing in Sacramento, California. The Golden Road facility apparently is already closed. And I've, I saw pictures of people talking about that on social media and being very upset about that, especially the locals. Uh, and the Windward facility will close on February 4th. According to a statement, Windward, Windward Brewing is set to merge with its sister business, Vesa Sewer Brewing Company that's also in Miami, and they will consi- continue to produce the Winwood brands. Golden Road beers will also continue to be produced, and those are available everywhere. We see them over here. So that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of, I think that's big money for AB InBev or reasonably big from their craft portfolio. Uh, and there's no indication as to where they're actually going to be made. So I, I guess everybody that worked there was just canned and they closed the facility and they're just going to move it to wherever it makes sense to brew it and just put it out into the, uh, the, the, the market as is. So I can't ever see Golden Road and not think about the Golden Road area codes video. Did you guys ever see that video? I have seen the video. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Do tell. Yeah, uh, you know what? We'll beautiful. we'll share this. Yeah. We'll share this link around, Nate. We'll fill you in later on this video. Yeah, so <laughs> everybody should uh, Google that and go check it out. Something you know <laughs> how when corporate when companies have corporate events and then you see their videos on Reddit, where it's like this is literally a Microsoft event from 1992, and yeah. it's like they're playing like NWA and these pasty nerdy white guys with pocket protectors and and suspenders are are <laughs> popping back and forth to to gangster rap 
oh, it's, yeah. it's it's on that it's on that level. It has cringe. that same feeling. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's hard to watch yeah. without cringing to the point where you. Yeah, I nearly pull a muscle something. every time I watch it from cringing that hard. It's like oh oh, nearly cringe, threw out my back. Cringe, yeah. cringe, yeah. But I Crazy can't resist stuff. watching it. I can't resist it. Oh yeah, well, that's the thing. They're so enjoyable to watch. It's yeah. if you're not involved in it, it's great entertainment, <laughs> man. It's absolutely great in their entertainment. So. You know what? I'm going to say this real quick because talking about, uh, you know, Meg Gill, the founder of Golden Road, she became a she was a bit of a celebrity brewer there for a while. She had a, yeah. a show on, I think, on Vice called Beerland. Oh, um, that's right. That she was on and she did some things. And it made me think we're here chatting with uh, our friend DJ Jelly is here. I was poking around on YouTube one day and found like a VH1 behind the music video and they're interviewing me. And who do I see? DJ Jelly DJ right Jelly. there in the VH1 yeah. video. So Jelly, I saw you. I ran into you on a VH1 video. I forget what song it was, but I'm like, wait a minute. I knew so that guy. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool there. But yeah, well, Meg Gill, she did Beerland, I think is, you know, yeah. went around the went around the country. Um, I forget exactly what it was like trying to find a brewer or something along those lines. Uh, I don't think I ever watched it. I heard there, it was happening. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched it a few times and she did some other stuff. But yeah, she had uh she had a moment of brewer fame there, brewer celebrity there. So I've been man, meaning to, tell you to Google to look her up on LinkedIn to see where she's even at. I'm assuming she's with AB InBev somewhere, but I, I, think, I haven't heard man. her name yeah. mentioned in a long time. Yeah, I haven't I haven't uh I haven't either. You know, that's it. I don't even know when Beerland because it had to be five, six, seven years ago, I guess. So, you know, I haven't heard it uh since since then, probably. But y'all, yeah. we're about to wrap the show up here. Uh you know what? We want to spend a, a special shout out to our friends Jason and Leslie from Orpheus Brewing in Atlanta. They are beginning uh, the start of a new adventure. They'll be having a going away party this weekend, and they're moving to Amsterdam. So it's something they wanted to do for a long time. We'll miss having Orpheus in Atlanta and hanging out with him and, and sharing beers. But he's going to start a smaller brewery in Amsterdam called The Hollows. And uh, so we wish him luck there, you know, going with that. Uh, we're going to be out. Our friends at Ant- Atlantucky Brewing have an anniversary this weekend. If you're on the live stream, come hang with us. The podcast is going to launch the day of it. So if you hear us nice and early, you may be able to come out and check that out. Uh, but five years there, four years, four years, I think, wow. of their brewery yeah. there. So uh, it'd be good stuff. And February 17th, Truck and Tap in Duluth, Georgia, for the hot drinks, cold weather. We'll see if we really have the cold weather then again. Uh, but either way, we're going to pretend like it is in order for the uh, for the drinks that they want to go along with it. So it's going to be a good time. And we would love for you to come and hang out with us because we're going to party. We'd love to party with you. But y'all, that wraps it up for this week's show. We thank you for hanging out with us. We hope you have a great week. And do not forget to drink local. Cheers. <laughs>